So, so what's it feel like to finally, to finally win this thing? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So we just wrapped up NBA All-Star Weekend. That was the voice of Giannis from last night. Giannis was one of the captains, drafted his team, and his team won after losing, like, the last three years. I think Giannis made some good adjustments. Like, he talked in his locker, like, Damian Lillard's going to be out there in closing time. I said, thank you. Because in 2020, he was on the bench. You guys needed a clutch bucket. You couldn't get one. I remember specifically watching that game being like, Dame needs to be out there. So, good adjustment by Captain Giannis. Right, but the All-Star Weekend as a whole, skills competition, three-point shooting contest, dunk contest. I didn't watch most of it. Maybe you did. It was in Salt Lake City. Not exactly a big, happening, glamorous city. It's beautiful. Well, I've never been there. I don't know. But I like mountains. I like more remote places. I like colder places. Salt Lake City appears to be beautiful from what I've seen. The NBA All-Star event, a very glamorous event, went to a city that's not considered glamorous. Now, the Bucks in the city of Milwaukee put in a bid to host the All-Star game now in 2025 or in 2026. Now, Adam Silver said back in 2018 that right before Fiserv started, right before it opened, before they ever played the first game, Adam Silver said, we're going to get an all-star game here. It's going to happen. We just got to figure out what year. Now, I think 2026, 2025 fits the timetable of this show perfectly. Gives us a few more years to build up a little cachet, build up a little, little more cred, and then we can take the NBA Lounge on the road. We can go to Milwaukee. We can do the NBA Lounge live. Uh, maybe get some players to join us. Giannis might be tough. He has two MVPs and a title. By then, he might have more of each. Who knows? Hopefully. I love my guy from Oshkosh, Tyrese Halliburton. I tweeted about that today at Wisco Grant. Let's get Hallie on the on the lounge. We need a live NBA lounge, live band, live jazz band, live broadcast. 2025, 2026 gives us a couple more years to build up some cred and make that happen. Everybody needs goals. Think about that. Live at All-Star Weekend in glamorous Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's the NBA Lounge. Just something to put on the fridge. Something to aspire to. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had a great weekend. A lot of different sporting events to watch this weekend. I wasn't super high on any of them, but you had options. You had plenty of options. It was a little bit like an old country buffet. I don't know that any item was 10 out of 10 five-star restaurant level, but there were lots of options. I don't even know where we start today. Maybe a little all-star weekend. Probably not a lot. Maybe a little XFL. Saw a lot of rave reviews from people who were watching and tweeting about it. And I just think this country is always going to have an appetite for football. I saw a lot of people enjoying the XFL. Daytona 500 was yesterday. In this house, we pull for Denny Hamlin because I grew up in a FedEx household and Denny Hamlin drives a FedEx car. And that is... That's about as deep as my NASCAR fandom goes. I think I had, at one point, I think I had a toy Denny Hamlin car. I think my dad might have had a bobblehead. I never watched NASCAR, but I do get into Daytona because it's once a year. It's the it's the great American race, isn't it? I have that correct. That's not the Indy 500. I actually could be wrong about that. What's the great American? I'm going to Google it. The great American race. 
Great American Race. Not that one. Not the American Race, the TV show. What race is it? <laughs> uh, Daytona 500 is what it is. I have this correct. It's not the Indy 500, right? Oh, it is the Indy 500. Media. The Great American Race may refer to the Indy 500 or the Daytona 500. Well, no wonder I can't get this right. It seems the racing community, even on Wikipedia, can't decide. Regardless, one of the biggest racing events of the year yesterday, Denny Hamlin did not do all that well. He finished at least, but heckin' Ricky Stenhouse. If you're into golf, you the Genesis Open this weekend. Golf's starting to heat up. We're getting close to the Masters, getting closer to some, some majors. We're still feeling Corbin Burns' aftershock, so maybe we'll get into that tonight. Although I feel like that ship has kind of sailed its course. I feel like that race has done its its 500 miles. That, that great American race has come and gone, I hope. I don't want to do more of that today. At some point today, we got to get to Bob McGinn and Aaron Rodgers because that broke on Friday, and we barely even touched it. We barely talked about it. Oh, yeah, and uh, Wisconsin lost again. Another wasted Jordan Davis gem. This team. Jordan Davis has thrown him a lifeline twice, and they've just... they've. Taking it and throwing it right over the edge of the ship. Mm-mm, I don't want it. All right. Jordan Davis is going to show it against Northwestern. No, thank you. We're going to waste that. Oh, Jordan Davis gem against Rutgers. We're going to waste that. Saturday afternoon game we got to have. No, thank you. We'll lose that game as well. It's a lot of different things to discuss today, and I'll go into any of them with you, even if I don't know my butt from a hole in the ground when it comes to racing or golf. I'm there. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. And I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's hit a couple of these random things from the weekend. I didn't watch any of the XFL, but if you did, I, I think a lot of people agreed that it was pretty great, right? Although the first weekend is always great. Oh, the USFL is going to work. First weekend's great. And then, you know, we'll see where the numbers go. The XFL this weekend from pictures and video that I did see, it seemed pretty well executed from a uh, from a crowd perspective. Like I saw pictures of the DC Defenders game. I think it's the DC Defenders, DC Rough Rider, one of those teams. But I have a, somebody I follow who's a big D.C. sports fan, and he was there. And it it was in a – it looked like a professional soccer stadium. It was close quarters, fewer seats, but more seats were full. That atmosphere is going to be big, and that's something that, especially when some of these spring leagues tried to launch in and around the pandemic, that really suffered. And then last year, they didn't even play home city games in – was that the USFL, the XFL? There's been a bunch of these leagues. You need the crowd. The crowd needs to feel – rowdy it needs to be up against the field and soccer stadiums is probably a, a better way to go than a huge football stadium and an nfl stadium that's not going to get full i'm interested to see if any of these leagues are ever going to stick i think you could start a new spring football league every single year and we will watch it i think you could kill the xfl and the usfl and bring back the the usafl next year and be like great spring football i don't even really know if it matters how it's packaged america loves football and will always watch. So I did see a couple highlights. It was fun to have football on the TV when I was out on Saturday and I was at a bar or two. I was like, hey, there's football on instead of, you know, like World Poker Tour on Valley Sports Wisconsin for bar fodder. There's football. I may not really care about the teams or who's playing, but it's better than having, like, I love Due North Outdoors. You won't catch me slandering Due North. I've seen the episode where they go ice fishing a few too many times. Going ice fishing isn't even that fun. I don't need to see hours of footage of it so it's better to have football on the tv than that nba all-star weekend was ho-hum it was fine and i say that as someone who's more into the nba than the average joe skills competition just ain't it and that's fine not every event's gonna be a a home run the three-point contest is fun i really enjoyed the three-point contest 
my guy Tyrese Halbert got off to a hot start and then faded. What are you going to do? He had a good run. A couple good shots. Mac McClung was in the dunk contest. No one cares about Mac McClung. No one really cares about the dunk contest, but he was great. Made some cool dunks. Again, it was on the TV in the background. I wasn't dialed in. The dunk contest has become kind of a great microcosm of our society. Like, guys are more worried about being embarrassed than they are excited about the idea of succeeding. Like, guys would rather not do the dunk contest. They don't want to try risking getting a great dunk and having a great moment because if it goes poorly, then they're going to get made fun of on Twitter. And the idea of taking an L and and being embarrassed is worse than the idea of maybe succeeding, which is why Giannis might actually be great for the dunk contest. But also, the dunk contest kind of scares me. Like, that looks like a really easy way to get a nasty injury. To come down, you're so high up. It just you're jumping over things. You're I don't know. So I, I'm I'm kind of out on the dunk contest. I don't mind that they have G Leaguers doing it. Why not have dunk specialists do it? Like Mac McClung, that's kind of his thing. Philadelphia 76 or Mac McClung, by the way. I, I tried to text Ben. He was not excited at all. Some Philly sports fan. He is. He's been on the team for like two days. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith was ranting about the actual All Star game this morning on ESPN, and I want to play this audio because. I just don't agree with this. I think this is really toxic. There was no effort whatsoever. What we should be able to see, other than dunks, we should not be able to look at a basketball game and know that anybody could be on the court with you based on the effort you're putting on display. It just reeks of of, of, of a level of arrogance and taking fans for granted that we continue to lament. It reeks of a level of arrogance and taking fans for granted. You know... That take from Stephen A. Smith and a lot of other takes that I heard very similar to it today. Takes like that to me reek of entitlement. And I get it. The All-Star game isn't lights out. It wasn't great. That's why I didn't watch most of it. I had it on, but I was working on my laptop. I was playing video games. I was making dinner. I was doing other things. I think fans and and sports media people today who are upset about the All-Star game are very entitled. I think that's a very entitled way to look at this. It's like, you guys couldn't try. You couldn't. You put in more effort in workouts. You put in more effort in summer league games. Look, this is their week off. The NBA season starts in October, and for contending teams, which a lot of these superstars are on contending teams because superstars lead to contention a lot, for these contending players, their season goes from October to June. That's a long season. 82 regular season games, always traveling, always dealing with a little injury here and there. This is their week off. This is what they look forward to. This is a chance to relax a little bit, to reconnect with their family, to maybe take a couple of days to go to Mexico, to go to Florida, if they live in a cold weather city, to go see grandma and grandpa, to do whatever. This is their week off. And I I just think it misses the mark a little bit as sports fans who are complaining about how the All-Star game sucks. It's like, they are doing us a favor. The way I see the All-Star game, they're doing us a favor by taking three or four days from their one vacation all year to go perform in Salt Lake City to go perform in Indianapolis, to go perform in Charlotte or Detroit or wherever the All-Star game is. We're lucky enough that these guys who are worried about May, who are worried about June, who've been playing since October, who are dealing with nagging injuries, who have families at home, they're giving up a weekend to go perform for us. And I think it's really entitled to say, well, the game sucked. They should have tried harder. I'm just thankful that they're there at all. I'm thankful that they're willing to represent the league even if they're banged up like Giannis is to go out there and even play for a play and to realize I am important. I'm a superstar. The league needs me here. So I'm going to show up. I'm thankful for whatever we get over all-star weekend. And I think it's really entitled to complain. Otherwise I get it. It's a crummy game. You don't have to watch. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not that deep. It's not some, some issue to society. 
that the All-Star game doesn't have any defense. I think it's very entitled. Like, I, I saw that Stephen A. Smith take today. I'm like, eh, it's kind of gross. I don't really agree with that. I don't want to talk about the All-Star game much tonight. I don't need to talk about Daytona. I don't need to talk about the XFL or the Genesis Open. I weirdly think the move tonight is to talk about the Packers. So let's shift to the Packers. All right, let's shift to this. I know we spent many uh, an hour, many a segment the last couple of months talking about the Packers when we probably could have been talking about something else. It's like, oh, really? You're doing the Rodgers drama thing again? You're doing the Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekind's drama thing again? Well, this week, I think this is the move. Because now we actually have some meat on the Aaron Rodgers bone. We actually have some, some actual bullet points and things to discuss. Bob McGinn's comments which have been discussed now since Friday because they broke on Friday. Bob McGinn's at Go Long with Tyler Dunn, who's going to join the show tomorrow night. Ben scooped me. I text Tyler Dunn on Friday. I said, hey, when can you come on? I want to have you. And he's like, ah, I got the kids tonight. What about next Tuesday? I said, great. There's no way Ben Kenny gets Tyler for Bill Michaels before Tuesday. And he got him today. And when I saw that tweet this morning, I almost put my fist through a wall. I wish I was kidding. I was very upset. And I texted Ben. I said, you live in my head right now. I'm irate. I thought I was going to beat you to Tyler Dunn. Curse my four to six time slot. Oh, I'm dealing with, I have to pick up my kids from school. Screw your kids. Come on my show. But we love Tyler. He'll be on, he'll be on tomorrow. Bob McGinn, Tyler Dunn on a podcast talking about the Packers. And Bob McGinn basically said that the Packers are disgusted with Rodgers. They're tired of him. They want to move on from him. We as a society need to get better at interpreting media. Media literacy, I believe, is the term. It's a term that I, I don't I don't know when the term media literacy was first coined. I don't know when it first became a thing. But now in this world we live in, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Reddit, we have cable news, we have radio, we have the newspaper. We have all of these streams of information coming into our head all of the time. And I think the human race, the human brain has struggled to keep up a little bit. So I don't blame folks when they get caught off guard by fake news. I don't get caught off guard when when people like it, you know, fail to understand a troll or, or a story or a headline that might not be true. Like we have millions of things being poured into our head all the time. Compare that to 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30. We are not equipped to handle this much information all the time. And I don't think our, our brains are, are really down for this. When these comments from Bob McGinn came out, everyone freaked out. Everyone got so mad because I think Packers fans see Bob McGinn as little bit of an old crotchety man with an axe to grind, and maybe there's some truth in that. But he's also super connected. He also covered the Packers for a long time. He's got lots of sources. He understands the way that that organization thinks and the way that they operate. So listen to what Bob McGinn has to say and file it away in the back of your head. We don't have to treat this as ironclad fact, but these comments aren't meaningless. right? Nick Wright, who's a broadcaster who I really enjoy and I probably bring him up too much, he always says he he always uses this expression, which I really love, and I'll I'll take it and apply it to Bob McGinn's comments. These comments aren't everything, but they aren't nothing. Right? That's the way I'm looking at this. Right? And all too often, especially these days, with all the, the streams of media that we have going to our head and all of the news sources that we have going to our head, right, we see a comment like this as Packers fans, and we say, Oh, screw this guy, he's just an old man. Sour grapes. Oh, maybe. Maybe. He's also said this kind of thing before. It's a little old man yells at Cloud. But he covered the team a long time. And he's familiar with the way that the team thinks. And if Bob McGinn says the Packers are tired of Aaron Rodgers and they're disgusted with him and they're confident in moving on, I don't know that that for a fact means that the Packers are disgusted. 
and they're tired of Rodgers and they're ready to move on. But Bob McGinn probably has some inkling of the way that the leadership in Green Bay works. Covered the team for a long time. So just file it away. I say this all the time on the show. File it away in the back of your head. Just take it, put it in the little filing cabinet in the back of your brain. We can come back to it if we need to. But in a month or two, if Aaron Rodgers announces he's coming back to the Packers, then we can go and we can we can pitch it. We can shred it. I'm going to go to the filing cabinet. I'm going to pull that Bob McGinn thing out of there. I don't need to remember that anymore. We don't need to, we need to think about that. I'm going to throw it away. I'm going to empty out the filing cabinet. Now, the filing cabinet for Aaron Rodgers, it's certainly gotten a lot more full the last two or three weeks, right? These McGinn comments, Albert Breer has gone on a lot of shows. I heard him on Dan Patrick, but he's been on other shows basically saying, the Packers believe Jordan Love made a big jump this last year. They weren't ready to move off of Rodgers for Jordan Love last year or the year before, but the Jordan Love component, it seems may have changed. The Packers, there's a resounding confidence coming from Green Bay this offseason in Jordan Love that was not there a year or two ago. Interesting. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I'm going to, I'm going to file that away. I've been hearing that as a theme in multiple places. So I'm going to, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to put that back. Aaron Jones said during Super Bowl week on a couple different shows, Jordan loves, he's a starter. He's a great quarterback. Interesting. File that away. Put it back there. We're just to, to pay tribute to Adam Schefter. We're accumulating information, right? All these little things that we see and we hear and we read, just file them away. Don't treat them as gospel. Don't treat them as fact, but don't, don't ignore them. Put them in the little filing cabinet in the back of your head, the little Aaron Rodgers filing cabinet, and we might have to come back to them. Maybe we don't, but just flag all these things. Take a little highlighter and and save these things because they all add up to this interesting case study of Aaron Rodgers and his future with the Packers. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll keep talking about this. I also want to talk about Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff because that's not something that we've harped on enough this offseason so far. At some point, we'll do Badgers basketball. If you want to talk about any of the things that happened over the weekend, I'll go there with you as well. Just give me a call. 608-796-2558. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show. With Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope your week is off to a splendid start. Hope you're having a great day. A lot of random things over the weekend. I was trying to make a list when I got into work today, and I kept surprising myself. I was like, oh, yeah, that was this weekend, and that was this weekend. So the XFL had a bunch of games. NBA had their all-star weekend. Daytona 500. The Genesis Open. We're still getting some little aftershocks from the Corbin Burns situation. Ken Rosenthal put out a really interesting piece at The Athletic. Basically to say this Corbin Burns situation isn't unique. There's a couple of other players that have gone through this. And then Ken Rosenthal laid out a lot of interesting numbers, right? How many players win their cases versus lose? What teams have done to ensure that they win in arbitration? What steps the league has taken and maybe what comes next in the next CBA? You know, what players are looking for? Very interesting piece. I don't think it makes the Brewers look better or worse. Just added a lot of interesting color to this arbitration conversation that we started last week with. Corbin Burns losing his case and then speaking on the first day of camp about how upset he is and how it went so poorly. So if you're big into baseball and you want more insight into arbitration and how players and teams view that process, go to The Athletic if you subscribe. I read it. It was like a 10-minute read this morning. It was super quick. I just read it over coffee. Very interesting. I feel like a smarter baseball fan for it. So go check that out. Bob McGinn said some things about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers last week. Oh, yeah, and uh, Wisconsin lost again. 
which we're going to get to at some point. I didn't want to mention that in passing because I wanted to start with some of the things that happened this weekend, and then I wanted to immediately get to the Packers because we barely talked to any Packers at all last week, which is fine. It's on the end of the world, but we had some news with Bob McGinn, and now we have some comments from other people. Like, There's more concrete Packers news than there's been the last couple weeks. I have to do it today because we've been pushing it off, and there's a couple things that I really wanted to address. Bob McGinn basically saying it go long with Tyler Dunn that the Packers are sick of this. They are disgusted was his word with Aaron Rodgers, which seems a little old man reporter dramatic, right? But, but again, my message on this, don't ignore what Bob McGinn says. Don't cast it off as nothing and don't treat it as absolute fact. This is how we have to operate in 2023 when Twitter is always feeding us information. A lot of it true, a lot of it false, a lot of it a little bit of both. We got Reddit. We got ESPN on the TV. We have sports and news radio going all the time. We just have so much information. Our brain knows so many more names and faces and, and things. Our, our brain was not designed to know all of these things. So we have to be conscientious about what we believe to be true fully, what we're ignoring, what we're taking is you know fact, what we're kind of taking with a grain of salt. And this is something that I struggle with a lot. I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with, and this is why, you know, you hear the term media literacy all the time. We're not good at it. We're not good at, at reading 30 tweets and making sense of them all or looking at Facebook and making sense of that weird video that kind of looks fake, but it also kind of looks real. Like, it sucks. So my advice with Bob McGinn and with all these other little Packers tidbits that we've seen the last few weeks, if it's Aaron Jones going around at the Super Bowl saying, Jordan Love is that guy. He is that guy. He's good. He's really good. Don't take that as Jordan Love is incredible and Aaron Rodgers, you know, doesn't have the support of his teammates. Just file it away. Just remember it. Right? These comments from Bob McGinn, just file it away. Stick it in the back of your head. Maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe we don't. Right? Albert Breer, I brought up this example as well to start the show. Albert Breer has gone on Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd and Ryan Rosillo's podcast and, and all these shows that I listen to and I keep catching Albert Breer and he's basically saying the Packers really like what they've seen in the last year. From Jordan Love. You know, a year ago or two years ago when they had an opportunity to move off of Rodgers for Love and they didn't, well, they didn't feel great about Jordan Love. But they, they really seem to think in this last year he's made a huge jump. Interesting. Again, all interesting little tidbits. Stick them in the back of your main brain. Maybe they mean something. Maybe they don't. Right? We're accumulating information. 608-796-2558. Jason on Lower Tanner Lake says, I think the great American race is the cannonball run. I don't know what that is. We, I love all of the like relatively redneck events that have been referenced on the show this last week. Like we were talking about Pioneer Days in Ridgeland last week. Was anyone up there, by the way? I got multiple texts about it, which is surprising because a lot of our listeners are in Madison and Lacrosse, and that's hours away. I have been to Pioneer Days in Ridgeland and done the chicken toss. It's very fun. I think of the big broomball tournament that they do on Lake Menomin in my hometown of Menominee. There's a giant ice fishing tournament on Lake Onalaska every other week. Like, I love events like this. I don't know what the cannonball run is, but it sounds much like the Great American Race. Still can't figure out if the Great American Race is Daytona or if it's the Indy 500. Why not both? They both seem mighty American. They both seem to be important races. You can text and call the show at that number, like I said, and I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. A little bit of a, a scoop today. I'm not going to call this breaking news, but an interesting little piece of information regarding the NFL. Derek Carr 
who's now a free agent and probably going to be courted by a lot of the same teams that would be interested in Aaron Rodgers, right? He visited the Jets this weekend, and I guess it just went great. They hit it off, and they had a great time, and they could see it working out, and maybe they're going to see each other again. Who knows? This is Jeff Darlington on ESPN this morning. Derek Carr visiting with the team, and I'm told that it was a very positive meeting, that the Jets really believe that Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that can lead them to a potential championship. They also believe that the meeting went really well. Here's the rub, though. Aaron Rodgers still lingers, and the team also remains fascinated in the possibility of adding him. So why is that a problem? The timeline. Right now, we're looking at a situation where Aaron Rodgers hasn't even gone to the Packers to say whether he wants to be traded. We don't know if the Packers would be willing to trade him. We obviously know that there's a decision to be made there. So do the Jets go hard for Derek Carr now? Or do they risk potentially losing him and waiting it out for Aaron Rodgers? It is an ultimate predicament. I expect hard conversations within Florham Park to figure out which direction they go on their quarterback position. I'm giving unsolicited advice today. Right? I'm, I'm giving lectures on media literacy here. I'm gatekeeping the NBA All-Star game by telling you that your take is entitled. At least that's what I said about what Stephen A. Smith had to say. And I listen to a lot of sports talk today. People are mad about the All-Star game. Just... Go outside and go for a walk. It's fine. It's an all-star game. Get over it. So I'm giving a lot of unsolicited advice today, gatekeeping a little bit. Here's my advice for both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. If the Packers want to trade Aaron Rodgers, I would just recommend that they don't get cute with it. Let's be intentional about it. Let's not drag our feet. And conversely, if Aaron Rodgers wants to play elsewhere, don't get cute with it. Just come out and say it because Derek Carr is out there. He's talking with other suitors. I'm not saying Derek Carr is a better option than Rodgers. Derek Carr is the epitome of mid. Like, he's not that good. No, he's not Mike White and Zach Wilson, which is exactly why he's appealing to the Jets so much. But Rodgers is older. He's more expensive. He will take draft picks to acquire. And the longer that this back and forth goes between the Packers and Rodgers, it's just, it's a lot. It's like a couple that always makes it about them. Everyone has friends like this. Where in your friend group, there's that one couple. It's like ugh, Todd and Maggie. So they're they're fighting again, huh? They're doing this again. You try to have a nice weekend. You go out to celebrate a birthday or whatever. And then they have two drinks apiece at the bar and things just fall apart. Like she's crying for some reason. She disappears. Where is she? She's in the bathroom. She's crying. No one knows why. He won't stop yelling. He's acting like it's the only time he's ever been let, let out of the house. So he's drinking beers and taking shots way too fast. Like she just disappears to walk home. No one knows. He's being an absolute menace. And then the next day, it's like nothing ever happened. It's like, no, it was fine last night. No, you guys were being miserable to each other. You went, no, oh, it's fine. You just had one too many. No, 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 no. You just get sick of being around those people, right? That's kind of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers right now, or the rest of the league's looking around and being like, oh, they're. They're doing this thing again. This couple, they're making it about them. I just, if the Packers and Rodgers want to do some trades somewhere, I would just recommend streamlining this whole process because teams are going to tire of this. They're going to tire waiting. And then Derek Carr is going to end up with the Jets. And Rodgers would be a way better option than Derek Carr because they could actually maybe win a title with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they could with Carr. Carr's not terrible, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. But teams are just going to get tired of this. They're like, I don't know if we want to buy into whatever this is between these two. The Packers and Rodgers. We're just going to let them be. Cone Roller, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Cone? Welcome. Oh, 
Cone, I can't hear you. Hey, Cone, I'm going to take a break, figure out the phone, and then I'll call you back after this break. You can hear me. I know that I can't hear you. I'm going to figure it out. Let me take you right after this break. Five minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills talking a little packers we're gonna get to badgers basketball at some point saturday's loss was a bummer i think we're gonna do that at five o'clock so i'm gonna save the badgers texts 608-796-2558 gonna save the tweets at wisco grant we'll do that at five a little bit of breaking bucks news as of seven minutes ago i don't know how to explain this addition to someone who doesn't closely follow the NBA. So I'm going to read you Adrian Wojnarowski's tweet. You ready? ESPN sources. I shouldn't laugh. ESPN sources. Free agent uh, forward center Myers Leonard out of the NBA since March 2021 after uttering an anti-Semitic slur on a video game live stream and rehabbing post-surgical nerve damage on his right leg is signing a 10-day contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's not funny. I mean, it's kind of it's it's kind of funny. It's not, but it, a little. It's a good fit. They need another big, which is why Serge Ibaka being pissy and wanted out was always ridiculous. Is because he had a role. There's a small role, but he had a role. I guess Serge Ibaka wants 26 minutes a game. I don't know what Serge Ibaka wants, but what an absurd league. Sports are so dumb. So I guess we get to talk about Bucks legend Myers Leonard. That's fun. It was All-Star Weekend this weekend, and people are upset about that. So I guess this is another thing for NBA haters to be upset about. Cone Roller is here. We got the phone working. 608-796-2558. Sorry about that, Cone. As a regular, you deserve better, but I'll strive to be better. No problem. You give your best every day for free, and that's that's all we can ask for as listeners. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate your patience. What's going on? I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about the All-Star game because I'm seeing a lot of, you know, some of the old heads pushing back on the effort given. And I swear the people that are complaining about this All-Star game are the same ones maybe four or five years ago who said they'd never watch another NBA game because it's getting too woke for them. So, you know, these people are either frauds going back on their word or sure. just don't appreciate watching the 24 best players in the world do cool stuff. I mean, even if it's not the most competitive game, when you see John Morant with the open floor in front of him throwing mm-hmm. down some of those dunks, I mean, that's awesome. You see Dane Lillard pulling up from half court. I mean, I'm a fan of that. I think it's fun. It's entertaining. It's not supposed to be game seven of the NBA finals. People reacted today to this all-star game like they've been bad for 20 years. Everyone was like, whoa, we need to get a, we need to get a handle on this. This is embarrassing. This is terrible. Like the last three or four have been electric and they've come down to the final possession and the final shot. They're not all going to be great. In fact, most of them probably won't be. It's an all-star game. And what I said back at the beginning of the show is I like, I think it's, it's a little entitled to act like these guys should go out there and risk life and limb for our entertainment. This is their vacation. It, this, these guys are the most influential players in the league, right? These guys make this league go. They give their all from October to June because most of these guys are going deep into the playoffs. Or a lot of them are. This is their vacation, and they're giving up the first three days of that to play a game. I'll just thank them for being a part of it. 
I, truly, I, maybe that sounds, I, I don't know what that sounds like, but I, I'm just thankful that they come together and give us three days of their one week off in the middle of the season. Yeah, I agree with you somewhat on that. I, I, I'm not <laughs> going to be too easy on the players. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. still, you know, should should try. But, I mean, a game like last night, it was fun. It was a good, I mean, I was going to say it was a good two and a half hours, but it, it was a good five hours with the halftime show mixed in. Yeah, and then the draft process. Do we like that right before the game, like playground style? It doesn't really make a difference to me, but I saw a lot of people tweeting and, and talking about how they really liked that aspect. I thought it was cool that they, like, pick it before the game, but it's just way overproduced. I mean, you got Ernie Johnson up there giving a little background about every player. I mean, yeah. line them up on the baseline, bring out LeBron and Giannis, and just point, say, I want you, okay, yep. I want you. Yep. You know, make it quick. Line so that's really what it is on the playground. Yeah, if we're actually doing the playground. You only had 15 or 20 minutes. My my elementary school recess was 15 minutes, and we only got one a day. We weren't wasting it with Vin Diesel introductions. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I actually like Vin Diesel. Recess. I that's not, that should be illegal. Well, yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about my elementary school experience. We had lunch was 15 minutes, and then recess was 15 minutes, so half hour in total. And I remember... My sixth grade year, if I didn't finish my homework, there was no recess for you. You came and you ate your lunch in the classroom until you got your homework done. Homework and deadlines used to mean something, even in elementary school. And I feel like this generation has lost that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I got a lot of friends that are in the public education sector back in Wisconsin. And uh, they can, students can turn in assignments at any time for full credit before the end of the class. I mean, that is just completely. Where where is our accountability gone? That's terrible. You turn it in late, that's an instant twenty five to fifty percent off. Right off the top, yeah. Or redoing no tests. I, it was something crazy in middle school and high school. All of a sudden, you could come in and make corrections, get partial credit back. It's just whatever. It's just you know, it's yeah, it's another thing with this generation. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing preparing these kids for the real world? Is a doctor <laughs> going to be able to make corrections on a, a brain surgery that no. they do? No, is a, de- is a dentist going to be able to do corrections on a root canal? I mean, where where do we draw the line? This is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is a mighty slippery slope. Speaking of deadlines, do you have a take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and what's going on before I let you go? Bob McGinn's comments very harsh. Very harsh, but I think fair. I agree with what people have been saying on you know he might not be plugged into the organization now, but he was for all these years. He knows kind of how how. Uh, you know, Mark Murphy thinks how the Packers think as a whole. Um, I saw John Kuhn was just completely discrediting McGinn and Tyler Dunn, and I, I think that's a little too harsh. I mean, these guys did cover their team for the living, so, you know, I think their words carry some credibility. I'm with you on that. But, we need to, in the middle somewhere. It's not everything, but it's not nothing. It's just one little bit of information. It's one take to kind of be a part of the bigger picture. Yep, and then just hoping uh, we hear about Rodgers tomorrow on McAfee. Not sure if he'll be ready to make a decision, but if it's not this week, it's got to be next week. I mean, come on, dude. You just were in the dark room. Figure it out. Figure it out. How much time in the dark do you need? All right, Cone, I'm going to take a break. We're going to talk Badgers basketball at 5 o'clock in case you're still listening. Just know that we're going to get there. I feel like I've underserved them a little today, but at 5, I'll, I'll make it up to all you Badgers basketball hardos. Jordan Davis, great game. Wasted and I'm again. looking forward to hearing that. <laughs> well, thank you, Thanks, Cone. Man. Yeah, have a good night. Let's Cone Roller. Follow him on Twitter, one of our more active listeners on Twitter. Yeah, another Jordan Davis gem. I'm glad Cone said it because 
You know, by the way, Lacrosse Central did beat on Alaska. Big rivalry game, road game. Went to the Hilltoppers' place on Friday night and won. Not an easy place to play. It's hard to win in in the Mississippi Valley Conference. It's hard to win on the road in this league, especially. So Central going, getting it done. And, and maybe Jordan Davis felt that energy on Saturday early against Rutgers. That energy carried from Friday night to Saturday morning. Not that it did anything for team success. Jordan Davis has had two great games this year. One against Northwestern and one against Rutgers on Saturday. And the rest of the team, you know, didn't do anything with it. Nothing at all. Anyways, we're talking about the Packers. Badgers basketball at 5 o'clock. As I was saying right before our last break, if the Packers want to trade Rodgers, I would recommend we expedite this process a little bit. Let's not get cute with it. And conversely, if Rodgers wants to play elsewhere, let's pick up the pace. Take your time. I understand you need a little time after the season. Again, I am sympathetic to the athlete and the athlete's schedule. The NBA players, they get one week off all year. I get that they don't want to kill themselves in an all-star game. Totally get it. I get that football is a long very arduous process. Oh, it's so much physical toll on the body and, and a mental toll preparing every week. Totally get it. Take your time. We're getting to the point now where I don't think it's in Aaron Rodgers' best interest, and it's not in the Packers' best interest to drag this process out much longer if a trade is is the goal. If the Packers want to trade Rodgers, and if Rodgers wants to be traded, we, we're going to do this a little quicker. Right, because I think the rest of the league is was is watching what's going on in Green Bay. You know, it seems like the Raiders, it seems like the Jets, and they're thinking, you know, these two, and by two I mean the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they just love to make it about them, don't they? I, I don't know if we want to buy into this. I don't know if we want this. Right, like like my analogy was, you know, that couple in your friend group, right? Whatever their name is, Mark and and Martha. And oh, God, you go out and they find a way to get in a fight about something. You go to a bar, you go out to dinner and drinks. They both have two drinks, all the crying because she saw him look at some other woman. Oh, my God, it's a nightmare. She's in the bathroom, won't come out. Then he's being a jerk. He wants to fight every other man at the bar. Like, it's just. And then the next day, this couple always acts like like nothing happened. Like, hey, are you guys doing okay? Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't we be? I don't know. She had a meltdown at the bar after two beers and you tried to fight everyone and you left her there. Oh, well, I had one too many to drink. No, I I don't think that's the issue. I don't think there's something else going on here. That's kind of been the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It's like, what was said? He's he's doing a a darkness retreat? Bob McGinn said, what, they're disgusted? This is just, this is getting me a little much. Other teams, I think, are wearing down and they're like, "I I don't know if this Aaron Rodgers business actually feels like the best business to be in at the moment. Let's talk to Vinny, one of our resident Bears fans callers, 608-796-2558. What's up, Vinny? Hey, well, first of all, I'm 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 used to dysfunction amongst my football team, so. <laughs> yeah, it's dysfunction but, and drama. It's the drama where it's like, why do you guys have to keep doing this? Just keep it to yourself. Well, you guys kind of created this monster, to be honest with you. Oh, sure. And I, I think you're 100% right. He, I, I think he, and I think I heard it on, uh, God, who was it? Uh, Steve, is it Michaels? Bill Michaels show. Yeah, the Thrill Michaels show. Yeah, he was saying, he was saying the same thing. He goes, uh, that, you know, that, why, why, he must, he must love the attention. And he, God, the, the, the state sure pours it on him. But yeah, well, you know what? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
I'm I'm like you guys. I'm just re- be done with it, man. What what do you got? Yeah. Why do you need four days in a dark room and to make a decision you should have you probably already made? I'm with you on that. So, I just I think yeah. the longer they drag this out and try to get cued and really, well, I need to be sure about the decision. Okay, well, while you're waiting with this decision and dragging it out, and I'm talking both the Packers and Rodgers, every other team in the league is like, uh, we'll just. Dude, we'll just sign Derek Carr. Like, I know he's not yeah, good, think, but we'll take him. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head. It, 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 he's as a GM. Do you do you want to bring that drama to your? I mean, is, is that is his drama or whatever he is? I don't know, whatever is that worth? Is it worth what you're gonna? What what seeing what you guys are going through? I don't know. And I, I, I just have to say, like, I want to be clear on this, Vinny. And I, I think you'll agree with me. Rogers isn't a bad guy. Like, it's not like he's getting no. domestic violence charges and he's gambling and like Rogers is he seems to be a very nice guy who treats people well for the most part right it's not like he's yeah he's not he's not Absolutely. a criminal it's just this is a lot to sign up for when you're already giving him a bunch of money and you're already giving up draft picks and you're like we gotta maybe we'll just take Derek Carr <laughs> maybe right and I and I fear that if wow. the Packers and Rogers eventually agree on a trade that this is going to be such a, an up and down process that other teams are no longer really going to be that interested in trading for him well, you think Devontae Adams is happy with his decision to go there to play with that guy? You know? Yeah, his who, who guy. Knows, who, who, who's, yeah, his guy. Who Who's he going to get next year? I mean, the whole thing, like you said, the whole thing, it's just like, my God. Um, it's a lot. It's just a, it's just a uh, you know what kind of show is what it's turning into. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I, on a, on a side note, I, I have no sympathy for multi-million dollar spoiled athletes. <laughs> you know, have I've just got no sympathy for them. You know, they get one week off, they get games off, they get all kinds of they stuff. Do. I, yeah. I just, I, I just have no sympathy for them. But no, that's understandable. I and, I, and I doubt that you're you, sitting on pins and needles, like expecting the All Star Game to be amazing, right? Like, I think that's an unrealistic expectation no. every single year. Yeah, it's it's the it, to me it's the sports equivalent of the Academy Award. I have Ooh. no interest in that. Yeah. No interest in the Pro Bowl. No interest in you know any of that stuff. It, to me, it's just it's here we are. Look at us. You know, no. blah blah blah. But I'm with you, man. But hey, uh, keep up the good work. I'll let you get to another caller. Yeah, thanks, Vinny. Good takes. I got to take a break here, and we can get to you know some more Packers stuff probably later on in the show. I do want to get to Badgers basketball. Hard reset at 5 o'clock. I want to go all in on Badgers basketball and what happened on Saturday because I think, you know, I've grown to appreciate Badgers basketball over the last years. I think I've grown to appreciate Badger basketball fans, right? Some of the callers that we have who are really passionate about this team, I, I want to be able to talk Badgers with you. So I was dialed in on Saturday and I, well, I was disappointed. My guy Jordan Davis had a great game, but that was about it. So we'll talk about that at 5 o'clock. We'll put a pin in the Packers talk and wrap up the first hour of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. It's a couple minutes here before we turn the show over to Badgers basketball for a little bit at 5 o'clock. I have some other Packers things I want to discuss at 5.30, but... I want to talk about Badgers hoops first. Chuck in on Alaska, 608-796-2558, says, I think most Packers fans are sick and tired about the whole thing. 
I wonder how non-Packers fans feel about it. I weirdly think the Packers fans are just used to it. It's like, I'm trying to think of a good example. It's like a car that doesn't really start perfectly and you need to jimmy it to get it to go. I had a Toyota Camry in college. It just never really wanted to start the first time. It wouldn't turn over. It's not that it would sit there and voo, 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 voo. like it wouldn't, you could it'd jimmy the ignition a little bit, but I got so used to it. It's not a big deal. I didn't even think about it until I had to drive around a friend and they're like, is your car, does your car work? And I'm like, yeah, just, just give me a sec. You know, sometimes it would take, <laughs> take 20, 30 seconds, but I was used to it. It only became embarrassing when I had someone else in my car and then I had to explain it to them. And I feel like the Aaron Rodgers drama is very similar. We're used to the Rodgers stuff. There's a new story every week. It's We're used to it. It's when other sports fans enter our world and are like, hey, I don't want to hear about your dumb stuff every day on first take. It's like, I, sorry, I don't even think about it. I, I guess I, you know, right? It's, it's embarrassing to think that other fan bases have to put up with this. Because right, I get angry when I watch first take, and it's like, oh, the Cowboys, again, the Lakers, again. That's how other people feel about us. We're the problem. Hi, we're the problem. It's me. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's us. It's Packers fans and owners. Oh, I invested in this. I own stock in this. I'm financially and, and emotionally and professionally invested in this. I'm with you, Chuck. It does suck. But I, I think it's probably more annoying for non-Packers fans because we're so used to it. I, we're we're so deep into this stuff. We It's like, you know, it's ambient noise. We will only notice how much of it there is once it goes away. Right? Like you're a fan going for a while and you get used to it and then all of a sudden the fan gets turned off and you feel like you're in outer space. It's so quiet. That's what it's going to be like when Rodgers eventually goes away. We're going we're gonna to wonder what to do with our brain. So I think it's other fan bases that are probably more annoyed with it than even we are. Thank you for the text, Chuck. 608-796-2558. Badgers basketball. They lost to Rutgers in a close game. Jordan Davis is great. It didn't matter. I am I am a mess. I am sad. Let's talk about the game next. Hour two coming up. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. the NBA All-Star Discourse. I said a couple things back by 4 o'clock. If you really need to get at that, it'll be in the podcast. I just think it's a non-topic. It's an All-Star game. All-Star games normally stick. This is this is how it goes. And I listened to a couple shows today throughout the day. It's like, this is terrible. We need to fix this. How can we fix this? It's an All-Star game. There's no fixing something that it's not supposed to be fixed. It's not asking to be fixed. It's an all-star game. These guys, a lot of them are banged up. It's their one week off in the middle of the season. I'm not expecting them to go out there and break their hip, strain a hammy. Like Everyone calm down. Jared and DeForest says the all-star game is a glorified shoot-around. 
and general horsing around. It's not boring to watch, but it's not that compelling either. What if they continued the recess theme and do half-court shots to make to make it take it? Defense would pick up a little, I'm thinking, in order to get the possession. You would lose high-flying, fast-break showtime dunks, though. Probably not many takers for that. Yeah, this is why I, I heard so many suggestions today about how you fix the All-Star game. I don't think it's something that can be fixed. It's not needing to be fixed. It just is what it is. It's the All-Star game. It's fine. Uh, a little bit of breaking news. I don't know if Zach Heilprin mentioned this in the last sports update. I would bet money that he did because, man, he is on top of things. Uh, and a great news person and our fearless leader at the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh, but if he did miss this or you're just tuning in, uh, Myers Leonard is joining the Bucks. And if you're thinking, who is Myers Leonard? Well, he is a forward slash center who was with the Miami Heat until he said an anti-Semitic slur on a live stream while playing Call of Duty. And he, then he got hurt, and he just hasn't been in the league, and now he's on the Bucks, 10-day deal. So, Sports Radio can have fun with this for the next couple of days during the All-Star break, breaking down exactly what this means. Uh, I look forward to hearing some of the takes. So, yeah, go nuts with that. Anti-Semitic slur on a Call of Duty live stream. I think the worst part is, like, dude, you're live streaming. You know you're live streaming. You can't just let a slur slip when you're streaming on Twitch. What are you doing, you knucklehead? I mean, obviously, the worst part is the slur, but put two and two together up there, big man. You can't just say whatever you want on a live stream. People are watching. There's literally a feature in the Twitch app for you to save a clip. You don't even have to screen record. It's not hard. It's designed for us to clip you. That's how the app works. That's what I do every morning, actually, is I watch Ebo on Twitch, and I, I wait for him to let us slur. Ebo would never. That's a joke. I just wait for Ebo to say a dumb take, wait, wait something bad, and I'll clip it. I have a big library on my phone. That's, uh, that's how I spend my morning, 6 to 10. Let's talk to Mike at Chippewa Falls before we get into Badgers basketball. 608-796-2558. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Grant. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. My week is off to a good start. I bet, uh, if, if you must know, we have a snow pool at work. And I'm going low. I bet two inches. I think this is. I think this is a lot of a lot to do about nothing. And we never get snow in lacrosse. So that's. I feel like I got big money coming my way. So I'm doing good. I'm always a little bit jealous though, because in lacrosse, there your temperature is always like five degrees warmer than it is up here in Chippewa and Eau Claire. Yeah. But, and there's um, never any snow. I was in Milwaukee this weekend. I got there. I was like, what is this? What is what is going on? In Madison, it's the same way. We don't have any snow here. We never have snow. It's always forty degrees. It's the best. Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, a little change of subject here. You were talking about, I missed most of the first hour, unfortunately, but you were talking about going to the Menominee schools. When did you go to the Menominee schools? Oh, when was I in school? I graduated high school in 2016. Okay, so you were in a, like grade school probably in the 90s. No, well, into the 2000s. I was born in 98, so I think the Packers won the Super Bowl oh. in 2010. That was seventh grade <laughs> for me. So elementary school would be, I don't know, how old are you when you do things? I don't have parenting experience. What, like 2004 to 2009? Yeah. That's only five yeah. years. That doesn't make sense. 13 years if you count kindergarten. Because I used to do service calls at the nominee schools, oh. 80s, 90s mostly. But I did a little bit in the 2000s. And I was just thinking, God, I wonder if I saw little Grant Bills running around the, the hallway pulling girls' pigtails and, you know. <laughs> that's that's what I was doing. I was probably playing with uh, Pokemon cards. I went to St. Joe's. I went to a little cafe. Oh, you did? Okay. I had my polo yep. shirt on. I think I've done calls there, too. It's a, What exactly yeah, did I you service? I thought about that. What did you service? 
Pardon me? What did oh, you copiers, printers. Oh, I see. Copiers, printers, machines. Yeah, yeah. The Manami schools, I got to tell you, Manami schools, they did not have their stuff together. They used to store their copy paper by the case out in an open shed all summer long, and it would suck up all the humidity, and then they'd put it in their machines in the fall, and they would jam like crazy. And they would scream at us and yell at us, and we grew, oh. to, we grew to hate them, actually. <laughs> I see, that seems like a fire hazard, a bunch of copier paper in a shed. That just seems, I, I don't know, that, well, that seems like a problem. Yeah. I sent a copier on fire once at a print shop, okay. and right behind this copier was about 50,000 cases of paper. And I thought, I told the lady I needed a fire extinguisher. She just laughed because she thought I was kidding. She said, later, she says, you were so calm. I thought you were kidding. I said, well, no, I really need the fire extinguisher. Well, you were calm in the in the face of adversity. That speaks a lot to you and your ability to service copiers and prevent emergencies, obviously, in this instance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got yelled at, sworn at, kicked out of people's offices. Uh, you're you're you the know, scapegoat. Everybody, I, I everybody just, knows that the, the copier, man, the person who's in charge... No one, no one knows how to fix a copier, but when it goes down, no work can get done at work, and then it becomes right. your problem. No, I, I, I'm, I, I, I understand your plight. I do. I used to joke around with my customers. I'd say, uh, "Don't piss off the copy machine repairman. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you don't want him angry." No. Good luck. <laughs> good luck printing that form that you need to get over here by this time, and then they're up your butt, and then someone's up there. But no, the office falls apart. Yep. Even even today, in this digital age in which we live, a lot of people still like to print things. Like it's still very much oh, yeah. in 2023. Oh, if it wasn't for government and red tape and schools, no um, our, our business would have been down quite a bit. But yeah, that's but why we love. Anyway, it. I just wanted to tell you that I probably I probably saw you when you were just a little kid. Very possible. Nah, oh. I was probably picking my nose, so that's probably how you did it. <laughs> probably, but I know you. Your class, you never made it. So no, I no, I, and I can say that for sure. I was I was never a booger eater. Everyone likes to pick their nose. I'll admit it. Everyone, you know, you're sitting by yourself. You know. Of course, everyone likes yeah. to pick their nose. I do not eat it, though. I don't fault people for wanting. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But I, I will, I'll will i admit to pick my nose. I won't admit to eating it. Anyways. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate okay. the call. I'm not happy. No. Yeah, okay. Thanks for taking my call, Grant. Mike and Jeff will falls. 608-796-2558. Look, my godfather, very wise man. He's given me lots of life lessons over the years. Uh, one of them was once there are two people in this world, two types of people. There are people who pick their nose, and then there are people who lie about it. And I very much believe that. I very much believe that. Now, you wouldn't catch me eating, picking, sure, but not eating. It wasn't my thing in elementary school. I, I, I guess I don't, I think that, that subject's been tapped out. I think we can move along. Hector in Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? Yeah, I got plenty of those horror stories with my kids. Oh, God. Are they book um, readers? Do they like to eat? Anyway, um, the youngest one, the baby, she does it currently, but she thinks it's hilarious because it makes me, like, dry heave because it's disgusting to me. Um, the oldest one, or the youngest one thinks it's gross. The oldest one did it when she was younger, and, like, I... I one horse, like one that always sticks with me is like she pulled and it just kept coming and like uh, coming and it was gooey and uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, that, yeah, that that's one of my uh, core memories of horror. Uh, when it comes to horror, I just, oh man, holy smokes. But well, it's so rewarding anyway, being a parent. Th- this is, I mean, we can't just oh, cherry pick the bad moments. It balances quite, out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wouldn't right. know. I'm not a parent. And, I'll speak for you and other parents. <laughs> And it's always a, if 
it works good for staying humble as well. You know, my kids call me, my kids call me fat more than anybody else I've ever met. So they keep you humble. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I was. Um, Did he just, he just hang off? What the hell? What was that? I'm assuming his phone just cut off. Okay, well, that was talking copiers and parenting. Uh, I said we we're going to talk Badger basketball, and I very much want to talk Badgers basketball. It's just the call for Mike was a little bit out of left field, so we had to take a little detour. That's fine. Wisconsin's loss on Saturday, 58-57 to Rutgers uh, at the Kohl's Center. No comments on the volume in the Kohl's Center. Uh, it was fine. I, I'm off that. that. That's a casual talking point. Uh, I'm, I'm out of that territory. I've ceded my, my footing with the Kohl's Center crowd noise conversation. Wisconsin's loss to Rutgers felt very familiar. And familiar is a dangerous place to be for a college basketball team in late February. You don't want to feel familiar. I, I don't want things to feel... I don't want to get deja vu every time I watch a team, assuming the team is losing. Right? It reminds me of two years ago. Think to the Badgers team that was two years ago. So 2020, 2021. I remember this team quite well. I remember talking about this team a lot. Right, This is the year after things were shut down because of the pandemic. Uh, pandemic. And, and I remember this team very much feeling familiar by the end of February. So I'm going to read you the January wins and losses and then the February wins and losses. So we're going to start uh, January 7th. Wisconsin beat Indiana 80 to 73. That was in double over time. Indiana was not ranked. Then they lost to number seven, Michigan, 54, 77. Not close. They beat unranked Rutgers. They beat unranked Northwestern. They lost to 15th ranked Ohio State, 62, 74. They beat unranked Maryland. Now they lost to unranked Penn State. Interesting. Then they beat unranked Penn State. So they split games back to back against Penn State. Then they lost against number 12, Illinois, beat unranked Nebraska, lost to number three, Michigan, lost to number 11, Iowa, beat unranked Northwestern, lost to number five, Illinois, lost to number 23, Purdue, five, Iowa. I say all that to say this. The 2020-2021 Badgers could beat the bad teams almost a given. It would always beat the bad teams. You could almost set your watch to it. Now, there was an example in there. They did lose to Penn State. That was on the road. But then they came back literally, literally three days later and beat Penn State at home. So that was a little bit of an outlier. But all their wins, unranked Rutgers, unranked Northwestern, unranked Maryland, unranked Penn State, unranked Nebraska, unranked Northwestern. Again, the 2020-2021 Badgers could beat the bad teams. But every time they had an opportunity to make a statement and beat a good team, couple days rest, host in Illinois, big time Saturday afternoon matchup. It's on Fox at the Kohl Center. They'd lose opportunity to, to go down to Iowa, make a big statement to finish out the year, lose. No, the games were close. They, they didn't get blown out. They lost to, to finish the year. They lost three ranked opponents in a row, one at the Kohl Center, two on the road. They lost to Illinois 69-74. They lost to Purdue 69-73, and they lost to Iowa 73-77. I know those scores were backwards. That's how they're listed on the schedule, so that's why I read them. All of those final results were within five, six points. They were close. But that 2020-2021 Badgers team, very familiar. Every time we'd watch them against a ranked opponent, it's like, yep, just not quite good enough. Could beat the bad teams, could put not beat the good teams. Even a fluke here and there. No, 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 no. You just understood that team. We knew who they were, right? 
Now, this Badgers team, this current Badgers team is, is a little different, right? I wouldn't be shocked at all if they beat Purdue next week. Could totally see that happening. But this team, like the team in 2020, 2021, is really close to getting typecast. It's late February. We kind of know their deal. We kind of know their limitations. We know their issues. They're typecast. Right? Think of Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander was George Costanza in Seinfeld. And he was so successful in that role that people could only see him as George. It's like, nope, you're George. Well, what if I could surprise folks with this? Nope. You can't even do the the Kevin James late turn into a dramatic role. Nope. You can't. You are Jason Alexander. You are George Costanza. You're typecast. This Badgers team is typecast. The Badgers team two years ago was typecast. This year's team, the stars aren't consistent. And I say stars loosely because I don't know if Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn and, and these guys are stars, but they're best players. Can't be counted on. They're not consistent. And as a result, the offense, a lot of times in the second half and a lot of times for long stretches, shuts off like a garden hose. Just like that. There's not one guy on this team you can pencil in for 10 points, 12 points, 13 points a night. You can't do it. I'm looking at the game log of Chucky Hepburn. He'll have a good night here and there. But on Saturday, six points. He was in foul trouble. Two points against Michigan. He was dreadful. He was one of nine. He shot eight of 21 against Nebraska. Was terrible. Six of 16 against Penn State. He had 19, but it was a harder 19. Right? Five of 14. Six of 14. Four of 16 against Northwestern the first time around. These are bad performances. And every once in a while, he'll be good for 22. He had a nice game against Marquette. He scored 19. He barely even played the second half. Here and there... He'll be good, but night in and night out, you don't know what you're going to get. Same with Tyler Wall, 7 points, 6 points, 6 points, 16 points against Penn State. They won that game in overtime. It's amazing. You get you get a solid performance out of one of your, quote, star players, and, and everything kind of falls in place around that player. But you can't pencil in that player for any sort of consistent scoring. You can't bank on him. Asijin is a freshman, but Asijin cannot go 0 of 10 from the field and 0 of 7 from 3 as he did on Saturday. Not on this team. Team's not good enough. And because you can't count on Wall or Crowell or Hepburn, this offense will just disappear. They disappeared for the final 10:45 of the Michigan game last week, and they had a stretch where they didn't score for 6 minutes and 25 seconds on Saturday. When that stretch started, they were leading 45-43, and then at the end of that stretch they were down 50 to 45. The Badgers are losing a lot of close games. And sometimes close games come down to luck. 100%. I remember the year the uh, the Bucks won the title. They lost close games to the Suns and the Nets, and they were right there, you know, a coin flip here and there. And I said, these games, I think, are good learning experiences. Hopefully later in the year, it comes to pass that these games were good learning experiences. Team got better as a result. With some teams, you can look at close losses and say, eh, not that big a deal. A little bit of luck. And college basketball is very fluky. Basketball is very fluky. College basketball is probably the, the flukiest sport of them all. It's March Madness, right? It's You literally can't predict it. However, at a certain point, a team is what their record says that they are. The 2020-2021 Badgers were simply a team that couldn't beat other good teams. Easy. That's what, that's what they were. There wasn't really a lot of wiggle room from that. This team is a team that's led by stars that are uber inconsistent. Uber inconsistent. You can't count on them. And because of that, their offense is liable to shut off at any time. And it's cost them a lot of games. It cost them against Nebraska, cost them against Northwestern twice. It cost them Saturday against Rutgers. And it's probably going to continue to cost them because it's late February. This team keeps telling us who they are. Watch, listen, 
believe them. It's very clear. This team has a thing. They have a type. They're typecast. Three-minute break. We can keep talking Badger Soups. I want to get back into the Packers in a little bit. 608-796-2558. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an outstanding night. I got some Matt LaFleur things to say in about 10 or 15 minutes. I was actually going to lead the show with it today, and then we just started talking about Bob McGinn and Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, we'll just, we'll do the Matt LaFleur stuff later. I did tweet about Matt LaFleur earlier today at Wisco Grant. Maybe you saw that tweet. Just a little, little teaser. A little teaser. A little, te- little tease. I want to talk about his coaching staff again for the dozenth time this offseason. We're talking a little Badgers basketball because they lost a game on Saturday. It's funny, every time I look at Joe Lenardi's bracketology, Badgers, last four in, they're right there. This tournament's just dying. It's throwing them lifelines. Like, oh, you lost to Northwestern? Still, we want you in. You, know, you lost again. You blew 17 points to Nebraska. We want you. Come on, Badgers. Get in here. And the Badgers just will not grab the rope. Will not grab the lifeline. They're like the horse that's been dragged to water and they won't drink. Now, I've never tried to get a horse to drink water. I have uh, bottle-fed calves at the crack of dawn and they won't drink. And that is annoying. That's really annoying because it's freezing cold. It's five degrees. I'm with my buddy. We were up late playing video games and he's got barn chores. So I went down to help him and the calf just won't drink. I'm like, buddy, I can't even feel my hands. Can you just drink this milk, please? It's very obnoxious. You can't. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't drink. You can stick the bottle in front of the calf's face, but they might not drink. The Badgers are the calf. The, the bottle is right there. It's like, hey, just beat Rutgers. You got swept by Northwestern. You blew it to Nebraska, but you know what? You still might be able to get in, but not with a loss like that. In a text. And I want to clarify something in case I was being misleading. He says, I'm not sure why this is a take today. Rutgers was not a good team. They were missing their two best players. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I was reminded today of a Badgers team from two years ago, 2020, 2021. Because I remember I talked to Zach Heilbrand or we talked to Ben Kenny or whoever was coming on at the show at the time with the Badgers. And I kept getting told, Grant, they they just can't beat good teams. They can't beat good teams. The Badgers two years ago would beat poor to mid-level teams almost without fail. But anytime they'd play ranked Iowa with Luca Garza or ranked Illinois with Kofi Coburn, like they just could not do it. it. Not even like, once in the season when they got Illinois at home and it was a big game on Fox, big, big Saturday afternoon with the Cole Center. No, they would not beat good teams that year. And by the end of the year, it, just, it, it felt like kind of the book was out on the team and we understood them and, and they were typecast, is what I said. I feel very similar about this team, but in a different way. This team is typecast in that their offensive leaders can't be trusted. They're not consistent. You can't count on them at all. And for that reason, the offense shuts off. So every time I turn on the TV and watch this team, uh, here we go. Tyler Wall can't make a shot. Chucky Hepburn can't make a shot. Connor Stegen can't make a shot. Okay, so we're just not going to score tonight. We're going to go seven minutes without hitting a field goal. Great. After last week against Michigan, going without making a field goal for the final basically 11 minutes of the game, right? It's starting to feel repetitive. It's starting to feel like the same thing. It all feels so familiar. Deja vu every time I watch this team. And that's how I felt two years ago for different reasons. And it seems like I, I may have uh, confused Vagabond John, and I apologize, Vagabond John. That was not my intention. 
He says he's playing Rocket League. So he's a little distracted. I was playing League of Legends during the All-Star game last night, and I had a great time watching the All-Star game as a result. And I think Vagabond John was maybe playing some Rocket League. We loved our All-Star experience, but that's because we weren't really all that dialed in on it. We weren't really all that focused. Trying to figure out if there's a Kamari McGee angle that we need to hit. Like, what are we going to say? What are we going to say? Give some of Chucky's minutes to Kamari McGee. Come on. That's not a real thing that we believe, right? Kamari McGee's been good in his role, and we talked about this last week. I think the starters, the frontline guys, are just dying for bench contributions. I think Connor Asijin, Tyler Wall, and Chucky Hepburn especially love it when Jordan Davis or Kamari McGee gets cooking off the bench because they have something to get excited about. They're like, yes, someone's scoring, and it's not me. It doesn't have to all be on me. This is great, right? I think Kamari McGee, aside from scoring six points as he did against Michigan or nine points as he did in this game, I, I think it's the energy, it's the vibes that come along with some of this bench scoring, and the Badgers just don't have any bench scoring. I mean, they're playing eight guys. It feels like they should only play six. If it was if it was a matter of winning and losing and keeping your best guys on the floor, they'd play six guys. You know, maybe a little Kamari McGee, a little Jordan Davis. Carter Gilmore's in there to eat fouls. So Stephen Crowell doesn't foul out. That's what he did against Michigan. He's actually very good. But against Michigan, the team just hit enough shots early to then coast. When their offense shut off, they had enough breathing room. Barely. Barely. I want to say very, very distinct. Barely. Couple of texts here about the Packers. We're going to get back to them in a minute. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, I think we created a monster. You created a monster? What did I do? Are we talking about the nose picking thing? Again, my godfather's told me this multiple times. He's very correct. And I'll and I'll be man enough to admit it. I hope Dave from Monona is listening. There's two types of men in this world. There's two types of people in this world. There's people who pick their nose, and then there's people who... Uh, I'm just willing to be honest about it. You're bored. You know anything going on? What's going on up there? Let me check. I'm not going to eat it. I'll be honest. I'll pick. I won't pick and eat. And I don't remember how we got onto that with Mike from Chippewa Falls. Oh, Mike from Chippewa Falls gave us a wonderful insight into the world of servicing copiers. Uh, which I did not expect tonight, but it was appreciated. So if you missed that call, that I'm going to have to go into the best of uh, that we don't have, but it will, it will be in the podcast. So if you listen to your podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever, it's it's on all of them. Just look up Wisco Sports Show wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a five-minute break. I want to talk about Matt LaFleur, the Packers, uh, and his coaching staff, as I thought today was another bad look for Matt LaFleur and his whole Joe Barry situation. Five minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. is Grant Bills. Hey, Tyler Dunn's going to be on the show tomorrow. I want to hype this up because I'm excited. I love Tyler. I love reading his stuff at Go Long. He's always been super nice. Anytime I've asked him to come on the show, he's super friendly. And last time we were BSing about Jim Croce and I just, I really enjoy Tyler Dunn. And I hit him up on Friday when that Bob McGinn stuff kind of came out. And Bob McGinn said the Packers are disgusted with Rodgers and they're ready to move on. They're confident to move on without him. And instantly I texted Tyler and I said, look, Tyler, I realize it's Friday afternoon 
and I realize I'm asking you to come on the show in like three hours. I get it, but I got to ask. And if you can't do tonight, can you do next week? I really want to talk to you about this. And he said, oh, I got the kids tonight. Let's do uh, next Tuesday. Boom, got it. And at that moment, at that time, in the back of my head, I thought, if Ben Kenny books Tyler Dunn on Bill's show before I get him on Tuesday, I am going to be so pissed. Not that it's a rivalry, not that not anything against Ben. But I said, if he gets him before me still, I'm be pissed. Royal and they had him today on Bill's show. So, I didn't listen. I'll go back and I'll listen to the pod tonight because I want to hear what they talked about because I don't want to ask them all the same questions. I was I was pissed when I saw I sent it to a couple of my friends. I said, I am irate. Ben Kenny's in my head. He lives there rent-free from a guest booking perspective. Uh, text here about Aaron Rodgers, it looks like. This is Bob from Madison. And Bob, I don't have your number saved, so I'm going to save it right now. Bob, so thank you for waiting. Bob in Madison. Bob, it's a pleasure to have your text. He says, Grant, the whole Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets thing makes me want to come a hypnotist. I'm interested to see where this goes, Bob. He says, I want to go into the Jets boardroom with a gold watch and sway it in front of their eyes. Count down from three and say you love Aaron Rodgers. You hate Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers is really Joe Namath's son. Bring back the glory to the Jets. <laughs> Would be great if the Packers just had a quarterback, put his head down, and played football lights out. No drama. If only he was the son of Bart Starr. Look, I I totally get the the, the drama thing and how it's going. I, I don't think it affects the, the play on the field. Like Kyrie Irving. Let's, let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is an athlete that for the last couple of years, always a storyline, always something going on, always with the attention, but that very specifically impacted the play of the Brooklyn Nets. It drove James Harden's nuts and it drove him out of town. He became Ben Simmons, who's terrible and who costs a lot of money. And I think that was a big part of Kevin Durant. Once Kyrie Irving was gone being like, look, you got me. I'm with Ben Simmons here and Seth Curry. What are we doing? And then they traded Durant Kyrie Irving missing almost an entire season because of his unwillingness to get vaccinated. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. That's what happened. I'm just saying. Kyrie Irving and his drama, you know, his off-the-field stuff, very, very, very much directly impacted the Brooklyn Nets and their ability to win games. That's not the case with Rodgers. So, like, while Rodgers is kind of quirky and there's always something, again, Rodgers is not a bad guy. And I think I brought that up with, it was Vinny. Back about 4.50 when he called the show. I said, you know, Vinny, you know, there's a lot of drama, and I think sometimes we tire of it, but, you know, we have the opportunity if we want to just tune it out and just watch him on Sundays, where for the better part of the last couple of years, he's been brilliant, and he's been brilliant his entire career with the Packers, for the most part, again. He's had down years, but most athletes do. I, I do want to push back a little bit on, on callers who are a little bit more aggressive on Rodgers, because I don't think it impacts play on the field, and I don't think he's a bad guy. I just think there's always something, and that's not a crime. Maybe a little annoying, but it's not a crime. Um, let's see here. This is Hector in Alaska. He says, I'm still out delivering, and my call dropped. I was just going to mention the Bucks are signing Myers Leonard to attend days. Is this concerning when it comes to Giannis missing time? No, they had a couple roster spots that they actually had to fill, so they needed to sign someone. I'm glad that it wasn't Patrick Beverly who signed with the Bulls today. He's terrible. He's cheeks. I did not want him. I saw some Bucks fans tweeting about it. I'm like, no. He is bad. He can't shoot, and he's not really that good on defense, and he's annoying. 
Rock and Rip says, could have taped him on Friday. I tried. I tried. He's on kid duty all day. Couldn't do it. So he'll be here tomorrow. Mike and Chip Falls says, is there any way we can get you for three hours? Two is not enough. Unfortunately, uh, no. Uh, I am on Z93 every night. If you really need more content, I'm on from 7 to midnight. You can get me there. Maybe we'll talk more Myers Leonard tomorrow. Let, let me let me figure out what's what my take is. I think my take is he's been out of basketball. He said a slur on a live stream. He's met with a lot of people. He's gone through a lot in the last two years. So I'm I'm willing to meet him more than halfway on this. I just need to need to ponder a little bit more. I need to think about it a little bit more. Thanks for all your texts. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant if you want to be part of the show. I want to talk about some news that broke today. We got a tweet from, is it Jeremy Fowler earlier this morning? I have it saved. Let me scroll. Yep, Jeremy Fowler. The Eagles have interviewed Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Leonard, former defensive coordinator Jim Leonard, as they look to fill their D.C. job per league source. Leonard was a 10-year NFL vet who is respected in league circles. Okay. So I saw this this morning, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little frustrated, right? Because Joe Leonard turned down the... Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard, not Joe Leonard. Jim Leonard turned down the Packers in 2021. Maybe he had no interest in interviewing again. Maybe. In fact, I think it's probably pretty reasonable to believe that he didn't have any interest in coming back to the Packers... He didn't, wasn't interested the first time. Joe Barry's very much employed. It, it probably just wasn't going to work. But, but, I do have to be that guy once again and list all the defensive coordinators that have been hired this cycle. There's been a lot of good ones. Brian Flores. Brian Flores with the Vikings. Steve Wilkes. Vic Fangio. Ijiro Evero. Jim Leonard might end up getting hired. Rex Ryan might end up getting hired. I'm not really into Rex Ryan, but it's been a very successful defensive coordinator. There's no guarantee that Brian Flores or Steve Wilkes or Vic Fangio or Rivera would have taken the Green Bay job. I completely understand that. There's no guarantee. There's also no guarantee that Joe Barry is a good defensive coordinator. In fact, there's a lot more evidence to the contrary. There's a lot more evidence to show that he's not a good defensive coordinator. Brian Flores, Steve Wilkes, and Vic Fangio all have head coaching experience. They're all uber experienced, especially Wilkes and Fangio. Brian Flores has been very good and then sued the NFL and he's with Pittsburgh. Ejiro Vero coordinated an all-time defense last season. So I tweeted about this today. I said, look, Matt LaFleur sticking with Joe Barry in an offseason where all these guys got hired. It's a choice. It's a choice. And I got Bukowski'd. Pete, Pete quoted my tweet. And said, well, you know, if he's your Rivera, the, the Packers already passed on him once, and he's probably not coming back. And Jim Leonard, you know, he's, he doesn't want this job. And Vic Fangio wasn't going to take the job. Okay, I, I get it. Make them say no. Make them all say no. Offer all of them top dollar, which is what you did with Rich Passaccia. Look how well that worked out. Amazing. Make all of them say no. Make Brian Flores, Steve Wilkes, Vic Fangio, Vigio Rivero, Bring back Jim Leonard. Again, make them all tell you no. All of them. I have a hard time believing that you couldn't have got one of them. Offer a nice sum of money. I just have a hard time believing you couldn't get one of them. Who isn't really the point of this? The point is there's been a lot of good defensive coordinators hired, and the Packers didn't even try. They sat in their hands with Joe Barry. Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. What's up, John? 
couple things. Uh, this is perfect because this is the topic that I, I was kind of curious on. Yeah. I, I heard, uh, in case you missed Bill Michael Schneider, you said you can listen to the podcast, a lot of just whining about Rodgers. Um, Bill getting really angry, and then, you know, Ben Kenny getting pretty excited about this uh, interview of Jim Leonard by the Eagles. And uh, so, so what we know about Joe Barry is that he can hold a playoff team at Green Bay, to, or a playoff game, in a playoff game, I'm all over the place. Yeah. In a playoff game, he can hold the opponent to three points, right? We got rid of the last guy, even though he's pretty decent in the regular season, we just didn't see it in the postseason. So we fired the last defensive quarter. Don't even remember his name, right? Joe okay. Barry comes along, holds the opponent to three points, right? Special teams touchdown plus uh, Aaron Jones fumbles on their own five-yard line. Um, that's why I'm calling it three points, right? They kind of earned three totally. points against Packers defense. Agreed. And now we want to run him out of town. So I'm like, okay, you didn't like the guy who was good in the you know, regular season, but all of a sudden the Packers are in playoff mode the last five, uh, five weeks. This uh, this season, and the defense is playing out of their mind, and we want to jump ship for Jim Leonard, the guy who can scheme against Iowa's offense. You know, this is my take with him. I don't understand the state of Wisconsin's obsession with Jim Leonard. Uh, he took a number one ranked defense and turned it into the number twenty five ranked defense. Right? He inherited a program that was a well oiled machine. And now everybody thinks he can do it in the NFL when every time you saw his defense go against an NFL-caliber quarterback, despite his defense having a lot of talent, right? We've seen plenty of Badgers go to the NFL uh, on the defensive side. He's getting smacked by every offense that can throw the ball. So I'm confused on two fronts here. I'm confused on why everybody brings up Jim Leonard's name, a college guy that doesn't have that much experience, who got absolutely torched every time they played a decent quarterback. And then I'm kind of confused on why everybody wants to marry out of town after we just saw, you know, uh, their defense did the same as the Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs despite missing two of their top five players for most of the year. Those are my two questions. So I guess can I answer your question with a question? Because I, I don't know how to directly yeah. answer your question. This is where my mind went. Do you think that Jim Leonard's not a good defensive coach. Do you think he's not a good coach? I guess let's start there because you, you today were tweeting about how he failed here and in this moment and that moment. I Set the results aside for a second. Do you think in the big picture and for years down the line, do you think Jim Leonard's not going to be a good defensive coordinator? I don't think he's earned it yet to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I, don't, yes. I think he, he should get any defensive coordinator job in college he should get. But my first memory of Jim Leonard is in 2016 against Penn State in the Big Ten title game, right? He got uh, a, a 24-point lead, and his Jim Leonard coach secondary busted. gets absolutely torched yep. in the second half and ruins Wisconsin's best chance of playoff. And so that's my first memory of Jim Leonard, right? And then you can fast forward to this past season where the Jim Leonard defense goes against, you know, a very good Ohio State offense and gives up 28 points in, like, what, 15 minutes of gameplay? I think so I could have made a frozen anytime? pizza. I could have made a frozen pizza in the time that it took Ohio State to go up 28 to nothing. I, pro- I, I probably could have preheated the oven and then made the pizza. It was, yes, a blink of an eye. But people want to point to an overall points per game stats and the, and the top rankings. They're playing against freaking Northwestern, Iowa, and, Penn, or in, uh, and Illinois every year, right? And granted, Illinois did get better this season, but... The point still stands. The Big Ten West has the worst offense in all of Power Five football, 
and and Jim Leonard took over a well-oiled machine. It is not the case that Jim Leonard held awesome offenses to their season lows, and it's not the case that he built a defense. Right? Yeah. He inherited the number one defense. So I don't. I, I won't say he can't be a good coach, um, but. You know, I don't think he's proven it yet. So, okay, and then, well, you know, my Joe Barry point, yeah. I feel like I've, I've been preaching that for months now. And, and, I, okay. and I, I kind of hope that we get a call from you tonight because you have, I think, pushed back on on people who criticize Joe Barry just to criticize Joe Barry. I think you do a very good job of, of bringing up, look, why are we angry about Joe Barry? Why do we? So you've always played a really good role on this show, or at least over the last couple months you have. I'm with you, by the way, just a small side note on Jim Leonard, like getting NFL defensive coordinator jobs. Yeah, I kind of agree. I, I'm not here to say what people deserve and what they don't deserve. It is a big jump. So a team is definitely projecting if they want to hire Jim Leonard to be an, an NFL defensive coordinator. So I, I don't disagree with you there. He, here's the, the bigger point. Let's not get bogged down in the weeds with Jim Leonard and, and, and with any specific candidate. My point is this offseason has seen so many really good defensive coordinators change hands, right? Young guys like Avero, Brian Flores, who I think we all like, maybe Jim Leonard. And then also like older veterans who've proven it a lot. Steve Wilkes, Vic Fangio, both have had coaching experience. The Packers, I I don't know that they could have gotten any of these guys, but I'd like to think they could have got one. And I think that all of these guys would be an update or an update or an upgrade, however you want to look at it, on Joe Barry. I think that's, that's the frustrating part. The Packers confidently stood pat in a hiring cycle where there were a lot of really good candidates available. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that point. The only part I'd push back on is he definitely had a say of drafting these two first-round picks um, last year, right, to fit his scheme. And to bring in a new scheme, these players don't always fit it. So I would give Joe Barry another shot with a healthy Rashawn Gary, with a healthy Eric Stokes, to actually see what he does with his whole roster with these two first-round picks on the second year because – the way this defense played in the second half of the season or even, you know, just down the stretch, right? When we saw a defense that I think was more in line with what people expected, still without Rashawn Gary, still without Eric Stokes. And I thought, you know, um, the grass isn't always greener. Sure, Vic Fangio's been good other places. Sure, Rex Ryan's been good other places. But with this specific mix of players, Sure. You know, uh, especially with, you know, two guys who scored a combined 19 on the Wonderlick test. Do we really think they're going to pick up another scheme this year? Like, let these guys do a full another uh, year together? Because at the end of the day, they had a, a defense that was right middle of the road. We're not talking about a bottom five or a bottom ten defense in the NFL. And if we were, maybe my tune would be a little bit different. But missing two of your top five defensive players, for most of the season and then also relying heavily on rookies and still finishing at the top of your division. I think, I don't know. I don't think it's quite as bad as people make it up to be. No, listen, we lost games this year a number of times uh, when the other team did not score 20 points. Totally. Can I, before we wrap up this call, which we can do in a minute or two, you mentioned Rashawn Gary. Can I just, can I just throw something out there that I, I don't think a lot of Packers fans are going to receive well. Don't recoil when you hear this. Don't don't freak out. I'm just I want to make a point about Rashawn Gary. Can can you allow me to do this vagabond John without losing it with me? Because anytime I've ever broached a subject, people get pissed. Yeah, let's go. Does it normally take five years for a top fifteen pick to put it all together and and be a great player? Is this 
this normally take five years. Like, well, is Rashawn Gary going to get a massive contract and then he's going to start being that guy? Because I, I just feel like you take a guy in the top 12, top 14 as an edge rusher. It's like, well, he's going to be our number one edge rusher. I just I haven't seen it yet. Not to be toxic here, I but mean, I, I got to point it out. That was the scouting profile, right? Like, he was very young. Kenny Clark was a very similar thing. He's just a big body and isn't asked to do quite as much. So I, I think he, he was pretty good right away. But, I mean, he's a young guy, uh, came out early, and anytime you get those guys that are, what, registered sophomores or juniors out of college, the answer is yes, um, it can take that time. And I think for him it was more like three years, right? We saw pretty good impact. Um, sure. Plus, you know, there were other guys on the team that were eating up a lot of those snaps. So I think there were a lot of factors on it, but I think, you know, the last full healthy season that he played, he was dominant. So, whether it took three years or five years, you know, I mean, we're always asking them to pick up free agents. Those guys are past their prime, right? So it doesn't really matter. I don't, I don't think uh, looking at how this roster is being built forward, he's a very important piece on the defensive side. Oh yeah, I would agree. He's going to have to be because they drafted him really high, and you know, they've kind of built the defense around him being the guy. Again, we'll talk about it at a different time. Thank you, John. Jordan Love take a break. Jordan Love might, might take five years. Right yeah, before he, he a little different. But Aaron Rodgers took four years. A little different again. He, I I understand what you're saying. I just um, it feels like we've crowned Rashawn Gary, and I very much like Rashawn Gary, but I feel like we've crowned him a little bit, and I don't I don't know if it's warranted. I I do have to take a break before five o'clock. Vagabond John, enjoy your Rocket League. Yeah. Have an awesome night. I appreciate your call. Yep. Later, Vagabond John, one of our listeners, the Zone. 1670 AM, 96.7 FM in Madison. Appreciate our callers. I just, I got some angst about Sean Gary. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. I just, we've crowned him. It's like, well, you know, the, the, when he becomes a number one edge rusher on a good defense and is that for an entire year, I guess I'll, I guess I'll buy more stock. Sorry. I guess I'm the jackass. Three minutes. We'll wrap up the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got about two minutes to wrap things up. Fun show tonight. A lot of weird events over the weekend. We hit the XFL, a little bit on the All-Star game, a little bit on Badgers basketball, a lot of Packers tonight. We were due for some Packers. We were a very Badger-heavy show last week, very Brewers-heavy show. So we were due for some Packers, which isn't something you could say a lot because I feel like we default to Aaron Rodgers' drama when we'd kind of gotten away from it. We got back to the Rodgers stuff today. And with now Jim Leonard interviewing with the Eagles. It's like this hiring cycle for defensive coordinators was fantastic. Brian Flores, Steve Wilkes, Vic Fangio, Ejiro Averro, Jim Leonard, who knows, Rex Ryan, maybe. There's no guarantee that any of those guys would have taken the Packers job had it been made available to them. But I don't see any guarantees that Joe Leonard is a good, uh, Joe Leonard, Joe Barry is a good defensive coordinator, right? I would make them all say no. I would offer top dollar to Flores, Wilkes, Fangio, Averro. Make them say no. And what's the cost of trying? If all those guys say no, oh, well, how will we ever replace Joe Barry? I, I don't know. Joe Barry's pretty run of the mill. I feel like they'd figure it out. A defensive coordinator that's never once coordinated a good defense? Oh, man, how will we ever replace that guy? Look, it's a big risk to break up with an eight to chase a 10. 
It is. I get that 100%. I, I, I get it. It's tough. I've never done that. I, I would never break up with an 8 to chase a 10. Have you seen me? Lord, I know. I'm not doing that. Is it a big risk to break up with a 5 to chase a 7 or an 8? No, probably not. You could probably get another 5 if you if you wanted to. Now, finding another 8, well, that's a little different. But find another 5. We could find another Joe Barry, guys. Just someone else who kind of knows what Vic Fangio does and Matt LaFleur's his buddy. Maybe he's married to someone who knows some coaches, too. That's basically Joe Barry's stick. We could find another Joe Barry. Could be done. Tomorrow, Tyler Dunn of Go Long. Talk a little bucks. I, I want to talk the MVP race in the NBA because I got some things to say. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Rainbow.